eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Can't get enough of Boomer and Carton in the morning. Al Dukes and Jerry Recco are here with some sports news and updates they didn't have time to cover. Here we go! Game show with Alan Jerry. All right, here we are. It's a, uh, I don't know what day it is. Wednesday. Today is Wednesday, Wednesday, Jerry. Wednesday. Wednesday, Wednesday. Podcast. I am back from Indiana. Very happy to be back. What is up, dude? Uh, where You were in Lafayette, Indiana? West Lafayette, Indiana is where Purdue was. Our hotel was in Lafayette, Indiana. Very flat area. Did it feel different than being on the East Coast, or would you have no idea if someone just dropped you there and you and told you you were in Jersey? If someone dropped me off on the highway we were staying near, where we actually went out to eat, me and my radio partner went out to eat in the afternoon, uh, and spun me around and said, where do you think you are? I would have thought I was anywhereville, USA, with all the chain restaurants right. and gas stations and the Walmart that was there. Now, when you drive around... It becomes very clear that you are not on the East Coast or anywhere around here. Yeah. It is. I know it's cliche and everybody, you know, talks about it. It is so flat. It's unbelievable. And people are so friendly, Al. They I are. Mean, that is the biggest difference. Anywhere you go, people are so friendly. And here it's just not the same. I thought this because I experienced this when I was in Arizona. And uh, my, I think people are friendlier here and in, like, uh, these other parts of the country because if you have, uh, no matter what job you have, you can afford to live on your own, right? You, you, when you say here, you mean in Arizona? I'm saying in other places other than the East Coast. Right. I, I Maybe West God. Coast as well. Right. So in these places that you're traveling, when I was in Arizona, when you're in Indiana, people are happier— it's because the gal working at Walgreens can have an apartment. Right, and she doesn't have to wonder which bills she's going to skip this month. Right, because the minimum wage is what it is, and then the the uh, cost of living is so much less. Yeah. And I think that makes people happier people. So they're not they're at their job, and they're enjoying their job because that job pays their bills, and then they pay their rent with it. And they actually can go out. There's some leftover. Yes. I it's agree. not like here where you're working... Um, what we see as lower level jobs because they don't pay the bills. So you're miserable working you those no jobs. Chance. No chance. Essentially. Jerry. I want to throw this at you because I thought of you immediately yesterday. Uh, so we went to a restaurant. I won't say where, but we went to a restaurant in the afternoon. A chain restaurant? It was a chain restaurant. All right. Only because the place we wanted to go was not open. It didn't open until 4.30 or something for dinner. It was not a lunch and dinner place, which I found odd. But I guess that's kind of normal. 
for smaller, not chain restaurants. So there was one of these chains down the block. And since we were walking, let's just go in here. So very nice young lady is our waitress. And I'm wondering if you would have got up and left. All right. They sit us down. Guy brings us over a couple of glasses of water. Says your waitress will be with you in a moment. So she saunters over. Relatively attractive young lady. And then she started to talk. Her teeth were so brutal that I almost thought about getting up and walking out. Well, she wasn't going to eat your food first and she then put it on your table. But it looked like it's not that she was missing a tooth. Al, it looked like she hadn't brushed her teeth in a month. Oh. So and you my thought... first thought is she could handle the food. It, but if her teeth looked like that, when was the last time she washed her hands? Right. That's a good point. Would That's you fair. Have st- there was such brown crap on her teeth. And it wasn't like a little speck. It was almost covering the majority of her teeth. Maybe she had wood teeth like she a, did not have wood teeth, George no. Washington had. She did not have wood teeth. Oh, you don't think so? Would you have, if you took your lovely girlfriend out for lunch yesterday. Right. And that's where you ended up, and that was your waitress. Would you have been okay with it? Because I don't think you would have been. I I almost left. hmm. I probably, as you're saying it, I wouldn't have thought to leave, but maybe if I actually saw the brown teeth, then I would have left. I mean, I felt bad for her to where I wanted to almost say, honey, please, go something. Not a good look. Like brush a little Listerine? Fine with the Listerine. Brush. Oh, brush first. I mean, God, it it was awful. Yeah. But that said, we stayed. So uh, you enjoyed it. You know, I'm just remembering now, uh, Purdue and Lafayette is where I had my first beer ever. Is that true? Yeah. So I was going to graduate school at Indiana State. You never had a beer until you were in graduate school? Right. Hold on a second. Yes, sir. I know there are things you haven't done until you were in your 20s. And right. That's all well and good. This is one of those. You're going to tell me through all of high school... You never went to a party and just tried a beer like everybody else? Correct. You went through Kane College, which I know is known as a party school up there with Florida State. Not. It's not. It's a good school, though. You never got invited to a party and had a beer at college? Never. Your dad never gave you a beer on a weekend barbecue in your wonderful home in Colts Neck, New Jersey? Colonia, New Jersey. No, he Same did not. Thing. Starts with a C. He did not. So you were 23? I was 22, I believe. We took a road trip. Uh, Hold on. All right. What did you do for your 21st birthday? I went to Rascals Comedy Club in West Orange. And didn't have a drink? I did not. I had a Coke. That's true. I I have nothing to say. So uh, when I was in Terre Haute, Indiana, going to Indiana State, one of the girls I was going to school with, she went, did her undergraduate work at Purdue. Hmm. So we all took a road trip to Purdue, and we're going to stay there for the night. About an hour away, right? Uh, I'm not sure. Okay. And uh, I had a Miller Lite. And upon having my Miller Lite, I was like, why? And I was so then uh, had no anxiety. I was relaxed. I was fun. And I thought. (laughs) I went from not fun to fun. Yeah, I was like, wow, this is awesome. Why am I not always having beers? So that was my first experience. Jerry. And then you became, you know, a college alcoholic. Not true. Not I true. did not. I, st- I still did not. I did not drink a ton. Were you, how many did you have that night? Was it just the I just one? had two beers. Well, you are evening. a bore. 
So you have boring. you have your first beer, you're all relaxed, yes. you're enjoying it, and that's it, two, and you're done. Then I had a second one. I mean, I was probably flying by the second one. That's probably one. true. And yeah. you probably then started going to the bathroom every 35 seconds, right. which is the worst part about drinking beer. Yes. I mean, it's, it's, honestly, it's impossible. Correct. Especially when you got a long drive home. So I went to the uh, taxi driver yesterday morning. I had someone... I don't know where anything is. I really, I didn't know where I was. I don't know where anything is. In Indiana. A friend of mine tells me that Notre Dame is close. They said you should take, he goes, it's really close. Go spend the day there. You'll enjoy it. I'm like, you know what? Let me get out and go do it. So I woke up and I go outside after we had breakfast at 10 a.m. I'm like, I might skip shoot around today to go to Notre Dame. Why not? I don't know where Notre Dame is. I, I couldn't put it on a map if you asked me. Why didn't you Google it? Because my friend said it was really close. Oh. So there was a cab outside the hotel. I get in the cab. I'm like, you know, uh, I want to go to Notre Dame. Like, how, And I had, I had a couple hundred bucks on me. I didn't go broke. But I expected him to tell me $10, $12. And he's like, Notre Dame? In a cab? He goes, like, two hours away. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> like, two hours? Thankfully, he said that as opposed to just hitting the meter and taking off. Right. I would have been, where are we going? I would have thought I was being, like, you know, kidnapped. So I didn't go to Notre Dame. That would have been something to see, though, Jerry. It would have uh, been. That's why I thought it would kind of be cool. Legendary school. Instead, I went to shoot around. Hmm. Jerry, I'm going to put on my glasses, my reading glasses, because I have some have some items to read. By the way, you missed me yesterday with CeeLo early and Eddie late? I did. These are not the same without you, Jerry. That's nice. And here's an article. I, I did a lot of dog stories yeah, yesterday. Yeah, I know. I clipped stories, uh, sound bites from Eddie out of that, if you noticed today. Uh, I did notice that. Yeah. Uh, here's something that was in the newspaper and was sent to us by many alert uh, Twitter and podcast listeners. A rare bacterial disease linked to rats has killed one person in the Bronx. Here, Jerry. I saw this. And has sickened two others. It's a weird disease called leptospirosis. And you get it by, well, here's the symptoms. Uh, onset of fever, headaches, vomiting, and muscle pain. Mm. New Yorkers will become infected through contact with rat urine or from water, soil, or food contaminated with rat urine. The bacteria enter the body through open wounds or mucous membranes, although person-to-person transmission is rare. Could you imagine living in the Bronx and getting a disease via rat urine? How do you say that? Rat urine. No, I couldn't imagine. I mean, I this couldn't. is some city. And people are like, why don't you live in the city? Oh, because why? there's rat urine everywhere, <laughs> and I don't want to get I don't want to get leptospirosis. Anything that ends in osis is never gonna never be good. Never good. And especially if it comes from a rat. I rat mean, just urine. Disgusting. I saw a thing in the paper also the other day, actually a video online. Where there was a, a kind of a bougie apartment. This even happens in bougie apartments in New York. This everywhere in New York. And they, uh, they, uh, these people, many tenants were complaining about mice, not rats. Yeah. Mice, to me, is very similar. Where they had a nighttime video of rats running, or uh, mice running around their children's cribs. Sure. Sure. That would freak me out. Of course it would. It's disgusting. You know, I mean, I listen, I have every year or two, not every year, but every couple of years, I end up with having to call the pest control people because in the attic, you'll find a couple of mouse droppings. All right. The mice are back. Then they come over and they're gone and you don't see them for a couple of years because it's taken care of and they keep the stuff out and, and they they just they go away. Right now, I'm waiting for the pest control people to come next week because I found a couple in the attic when we put all the uh, Christmas stuff away. Not a lot, 
but I saw them. Droppings. And yeah, and it's, you know, you know they're around. I mean, it's fun. Now, I also have seen a little mouse in the house. They're for where I live, they're little field mice, and they're tiny. And you look at them like, oh, come on, just go away. I don't want you to have to basically explode when you eat the food they give you. Right. And that's what happens, and they run away, and that's really sad, but uh, so be it. But I had a friend of mine that used to live in Midtown right out of college, and he got a really good job, like $70,000, $80,000 a year as a 22-year-old. He had no debts. His father paid for him to go to school. So if you're 22, you have zero debts. You don't even have a car because you're living in Manhattan, and you're making, let's say, $80,000 a year. You're doing okay. So he got himself a nice apartment, so much so that he got himself a two-bedroom apartment. Why the hell not? He could afford it. So there was the one room he used as an office but never used the closet in the bedroom because he had no reason to. And then one night he hears just noises in the walls. And so he looks it up. You might have mice or rats. So online, what do you do? You check all the open spaces, make sure you don't see any droppings. Well, he got to the closet that he hadn't opened in a year. And let's just say he had a carpet full of rat droppings to where he almost threw up on the spot. I mean, that's where he was. And he called the pest people. They cleared it up. And as soon as that lease was over, gone back to Jersey. Right. No, I would never live in New York City until they get this rat problem under control. I'm not sure that's going to happen. Because I don't want to deal with rat urine, Jerry. Rat, well, you've already had a rat that's chewed through your timing belt. Uh, in your car. Yes, on my in my car was uh, parked on the street. I think that's quite enough. And a, yeah, like I'll pass by so many great parking spots in New York because I know that's a known rat area. It's true. I mean, even you think about when we first started working in this building, we would take a spot, any good legal spot we would find. Now, if I see a legal spot next to garbage. I'm out. Yes. I'd rather just put it out front now. The hell with it. I even get nervous walking to work from wherever I park when I see uh, garbage bags on the sidewalk waiting to be picked up. Especially in spring, summer, and fall. Is that where when it is? More well, so in the than winter, the cold? they tend to kind of hibernate. I mean, you really don't see them very much in the winter. The rats? Think about when it's 80 degrees at 4 a.m. These effing things are all over the place looking to eat. Right. And that's where down the block... Right? We've had a garbage pail. Yes. Everybody did that video. There were like six of them all over the place. Oh, if you see six, there's a hundred more somewhere. What's the point of a rat? Like in, in What is the point of your life? In really? nature. No, I think I do more than a rat. Like I like to watch no, television. But, I mean, what is the point of a dog? What's oh, the point of a human being? Dogs are adorable. The point of a rat or a mosquito or a bee? Yeah, those all sound bad. Although bees, I think, do stuff. Right, with Positive honey. stuff, yeah. yeah. Maybe Flowers. Have to have bees and get yeah, Eddie going on them. Maybe save that for Eddie for the next time I'm out. I'll be out again in March. Yeah, I don't feel like we need rats, though. Well, we really don't need you. Or rat urine. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Who knows? What's the point of all of this? Jerry, if it's all right with you, you can keep your New York City. I'll be in New Jersey eating food that's delivered right to my front porch. How's that? Where are you doing that from? Oh, my friends at Blue Apron. Have you heard of them? I have heard of them. Tell me more, though. Oh, uh, so Blue Apron, Jerry, what you do is you go on the uh, blueapron.com website and you set up uh, certain uh, meals, like what do you like to eat? Right. And then what they'll do is they'll start shipping you meals right to your front porch. And then these meals are very easy to do. First of all, there's a detailed, uh, what do you call the instructions for when you're cooking? Like a, a recipe. Recipe, recipe yeah. right? So it'll say, oh, add uh, uh, chicken, which is all right there. I'll put the chicken in the oven. Uh, 
put this seasoning on it when you go, well, how much seasoning? Well, Blue Apron, here's the thing. All of their ingredients are measured to the proper amount that you need. So the portions are good and the serving sizes are good. Exactly, Jerry. And it's perfect for not only people like me who have no idea how to cook. Right. So this is perfect. But it's also perfect for people that don't have a lot of time to cook but want to cook home-cooked meals. Like what kind of meals are you talking Give me an example of a meal that I could make with Blue Apron. Uh, what about cashew chicken stir-fry, Jerry? That sounds tasty. With tango mandarin and jasmine rice. All right, I'd be in for that. Roasted pork with apple, walnut, and farro salad. Well, I said give me just one example, but oh, okay. you gave me two. I like that one, too. Mm, what about udon noodle soup with miso and soft-boiled eggs? I'm in. So here's the thing. It's not the usual stuff that you're cooking the same things over and over again. These are all very unique items. And number one, Jerry, affordability. For less than $10 a person per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. Know what I'm saying? I do. And I'm I told this. you about the variety. How do I get it? Here's what you do. You yep. go to blueapron.com slash postgame. They fixed this for you because they heard you. You didn't like <laughs> the other, the old code. Right. Blueapron.com slash postgame. You're going to get your first three meals free with free shipping. Nice. That's right, Jerry. That's right. Very easy to do. Step-by-step instructions. You'll be done in 40 minutes or less cooking. And it's guaranteed. The Blue Apron Freshness Guarantee promises that every ingredient in your delivery arrives ready to cook or they'll make it right. So check it out. BlueApron.com slash postgame. Let's go. Let's go, Jerry. I want to see if... Uh, well, you know when people win the lottery, there's always, you've heard when people win the lottery, that oftentimes they'll go broke. Yes. A lot of times they do stories and features on those poor people. Right. Yes. Well, they're not poor people. They're stupid with their money. Well, that and they get pulled from a hundred different ways. That's true. That's part of it. So there is a woman who is 21 years old. Good She is her. suing, suing the lottery. Not good for her. Okay. Because she won... Uh, over a million dollars. She won $1.25 million playing Euro Millions when she was 17 years old. Oh, she's suing a lottery in Britain. She won $1.25 million. 17 years old. She's 21 now. She's suing them, claiming she was too young to cope with the sudden flood of wealth, <laughs> according to the Mirror newspapers. Quote from her, at times it feels like winning the lottery has ruined my life. I thought it would make it 10 times better. But it's made it 10 times worse. I wish I had no money most days. I say to myself, my life would be so much easier if I hadn't won. She's sick of shopping and misses working for a paycheck. And she can't find a boyfriend who isn't after her money. Well, I believe that. That's probably true. Once people know that she's a lottery winner, she's got cash, I'm sure every Tom, Dick, and Harry would like to date her. Plus, she's attractive. Very attractive, although she has giant eyebrows. Okay. Um, I mean, I don't know how you tell that from a photocopied story. Well, because they're giant. They're giant. Okay. Um, I will say, having watched some of these documentaries. Yes. Now, what she's saying is a little goofy. You want to go get a job, go get a job. Knock that crap off. That's stupid. Number two... People do struggle with this because not her. I don't think she's a good example because she's basically saying I'm overwhelmed with the money, basically. 
right? Isn't that what it sounds yes. like you're saying? A lot of people, there was one, there was a couple that won, I want to say North Carolina or something. And as soon as they won and it went public, every family member, they were not a wealthy family. Matter of fact, a lot of them struggled. Every family member and their cousin, nonstop phone calls, letters. They'd show up their house. This one needs surgery. This one needs this. My car broke down. I don't have money to fix it. My kid needs tuition. I mean, and you talk about just having the burden on your shoulders. Who's scamming you? Who's not? Who do you trust? Who don't you? So I could see how it, that article is pretty bad. But here's what I was. This just hit me. She's suing the lottery because she became too rich too quick. Right. For more money. For more money. Right. So wouldn't she be in more trouble if she wins this lawsuit, Jerry? Uh, based upon her own argument, you would think so, yes. Yep. So, and Unless she sues to give them the money back. And she's clearly <laughs> looking for a man, and she's Stupid. only 21. Oh, you're saying maybe she wants to give them the No, cash. I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> Just a joke. And then you know how on the show Craig always does this thing where uh, large people who are tall... Are going to die young. Are going to die young. Yes. And he uses instances like Andre the Giant... Sure. Uh, other big wrestlers, big basketball players, that sort of thing. Well, a new study. Get my glasses again, Jerry. The professor at work. A new study says that shorter men live longer. They have what they call the longevity gene, which has been proven to extend the lifespan of animal test subjects. For how and long? That short men have that. For how long? How much uh, older? How much longer, longer do they, they stay live? alive? It's a good question, Jerry. It just says that this study okay. shows for the first time that body size is linked to this gene. Because I was watching documentaries that uh, diets are linked to longer lives. Okay. Diets. Yes. Not just if you're short or tall. No, diets. Hmm. Diets that are 51% in uh, fruits and vegetables. Are better Mostly for Mostly vegetables. Yes. Correct. Turns out here, being five foot two and shorter... You'll live the longest. Five foot two. That's right. I don't even think I know anybody that's five foot five two. Five two? Well, children, I'm so. sure. Well, but they don't mean children. They mean adult men. Oh, adult men. Yeah. We have a couple of short people here at the radio station. Not five two, Al. Really? Uh-uh. I don't How think tall so. would you say Mark Chernoff is? Five five, five, five six. Five five, okay. Yeah, definitely. He's mm. not five two. He's not. There's nobody walking around here that's five What two. about the producer for uh, Tiki and Tyranny? He seems sh- shorter. Mike is probably five five. Five same, five as same well. Same size as Chernoff, So these guys say. are going to die just like us. Probably, yes. I don't know why we're talking about dying. Oh. I did learn about being a vegan while I was away. Oh, a vegan. Are you watched, signed up? I'm just, with all these flights, I got nothing but time. So, so you're watching, watching. This Netflix has been, and you turn me on Netflix as sure. well, has been awesome. And so I download everything from, as I mentioned this morning, the Bob Weir documentary about the Grateful Dead, which was great. I also um, have been watching documentaries on... Uh, a healthier diet and lifestyle. And this one was about the vegan diet. Mm -hmm. And I was just interested in maybe getting ideas. Not that I have any interest in becoming a vegan, but um, trying to see how people that get their protein sources of all they're eating is basically leafy greens and beans and stuff like that. And in the middle of the documentary, it was going swell. It was going great. And then the girl who was the host of the documentary says, while we're spending all this time on the vegan diet, we might as well show you why we believe in the vegan diet. I said, okay. And then they brought you to a slaughterhouse mm. in the video. That's tough to see. And it was, that doesn't even describe. Tough to see is not even a good description of it. It was brutal. And then, whatever, it ended. But 
Long story short, they have all these scientific studies and, you know, how you can add 10 years to your life. I mean, really interesting stuff, but it's an impossible diet. Impossible. You mean, especially if you don't live alone. Right. To where you can stock your house with the only things you're going to eat. I mean, could you imagine if you're on a diet and for three days you've had nothing but romaine, lettuce, spinach, kale, you know, a watermelon and like four pinto beans. And then on day four, your son walks by with Vienna fingers. I'm in. Right. You're yeah. going to slam those. Right. With a big glass of milk, which, oh, by the way, you can't have either. That's the other part that makes it so difficult. Yeah, no cheese, no milk, no eggs. I mean, Christ, what do you eat? Yeah, vegetarian is just not eating meat. Correct. Vegan is not eating any animal byproducts. Correct. I mean, they even took the uh, the people in the documentary to a uh, vegan shoe store. Here are your plastic shoes. Enjoy. I dated a back-to-back vegetarians. Okay. Um, but And and I f- thought this was nice. They wouldn't mind if I ate meat. Really? Yeah. And usually they're very anti that. Yeah. But uh, the one girl is now a vegan. I'm sure she's gone uh, hardcore the other way now. Sure. But a vegetarian, uh, th- if they're tolerant of you eating meat, I always ask whenever I'm dining with a vegetarian right. or a vegan... I'll say, are you comfortable with me eating meat? If not, I will try to get something else. Now, and the vegetarians that you've dated, fish is fine. Yes, fish right. was always well, fine. for you, you have salmon and a sweet right. potato. What's the difference? What I'll say sometimes to a vegan is I'm just going to get a small piece of steak, so it's not even really. <laughs> just a little piece. Yeah, little it's piece. just not really. I'm not going to get a giant piece. I got to go. Oh. Uh, the warm-up coming up. Oh, like that was terrific. Now, this was good. This went fast. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll mm-hmm. see you guys tomorrow morning at uh, 5.45 on the fan. Okay. See you? It's the Boomer and Carton warm-up show with Alan Jerry. It's just like Boomer and Carton without Boomer or Carton. Good luck with that. All right. Thanks, Zach. What's up, Al? How are you? Oh, hi, Jerry. How was your Valentine's Day night? Oh, it was terrific. I loved your... For anybody that's not on Twitter, Al posted a picture yesterday uh, as he and his uh, lady got into a restaurant, and it was him, uh, his lady, and crickets. And it was very funny. It was tremendous. I made I actually made reservations for four thirty p.m. as me, if I, as if there was going to be some battle now, in our restaurant. Reservations on Valentine's Day makes all the sense in it's the world. Must. How much of an idiot did you feel like when you walked in and did uh, reservations for Dukes? Right. And you look in and say, "You guys open yet?" Yeah. I I wasn't sure if the door was going to work. <laughs> But then when you make reservations, like through, like, I use that open table app. Yeah, which is awesome. That way you don't have to talk to humans. Yes. If if I go in there and and I just say table for two, which I clearly could have had since it was wide open. You could have had a table for 40. Well, they're going to think then uh, I was a no-show for my reservation. So I I awkwardly have to say, (laughs) yes, we have reservations. I know it doesn't appear. You're the loser that had reservations before dinner time. But by the time my dinner was over at 5 30, Jerry, the place was packed. I do like how you said at one point, I felt like uh, one of the older people going out for dinner at 445. Little secret, Al. You're becoming one of those older people. Yes, I'm an early bird special kind of guy. I get up very early, Jerry. You have to understand. I do, and I'm with you, and I do the same thing. Uh, Charles Oakley, can we put this thing to bed finally? I think, maybe, possibly, apparently not. So I guess they were put in a room in Manhattan, Oakley and Dolan and Silver, and I guess Michael Jordan was on the phone, and everybody's, hey, we made peace, it's all good, and the band's lifted. Oakley's not good, and he made it very clear in a couple of interviews yesterday Say you're sorry. He needs uh, a real apology. This reminds me of there was a Seinfeld episode where uh, George, 
had an interaction with this guy who was going through the 12 step program, the Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, where you have to uh, apologize for things you did in the past. Right. And George felt like he didn't really get, like, there was an inferred apology. But there was never the, I'm sorry. And much sorry. like this, George did not get the, I'm sorry. Right. You know, so he just felt, and I feel like that's what Oakley feels By like. By the way, I'm on Oakley's side with this. He feels like George Costanza. Me too. I, I understand the optic of him swinging at security guards and stuff like that, but I've seen nothing that makes me think anything differently that Oakley did nothing wrong in this case that led to him losing his mind, and I understand that's where he was wrong, and so both sides are in the wrong in this case, but I'm with Oakley. I'd want an apology, too. If you go, you make the rounds saying you're an alcoholic and really inferring that, I would want an apology as well. My guess is this ends this way. It just kind of peters out now. They'll give him no apology. He's welcome at the garden, but won't go to the garden. You know what I mean? Yeah, It'll I just guess. sort of fade away. I, you know, I don't know that it will fade away, because I don't know if Dolan will let it fade away, and I don't know that Oakley will. I really don't. I mean, I think this will continue to be a topic. It might take a back page for a little bit, but that'll be it'll be back. What about this? Oakley becomes a Brooklyn Net fan and just shows up with Jay Z and Beyonce at, on the what? on the courtside seats there. You know what, Al? They've got nine wins. They'll take oh, anybody they can get. They'll take Oakley. They will not throw him out of the building. <laughs> exactly right. Another big battle, uh, Jerry. That's brewing uh, a Twitter war between uh, Noah Syndergaard, the Met pitcher. And Mr. Met. I saw this, and this got a little personal and weird at the end. Yeah, so Mr. Met is on Twitter, and they kind of have a fun back and forth. The same way, you know how, like, Brooke Lopez fights with the uh, different mascots throughout the NBA? Yes. Well, Mr. Met versus Noah Syndergaard on Twitter. Seems like a battle Mr. Met's not going to win. But I think he won this one. Eh. No, Mr. Met won this one. So Mr. Met tweets out first. Follow the belt with the uh, little shot he took. He said, Mr. Med tweets out, looking for a Valentine's Day date, I know a guy. Noah Syndergaard, Jerry, mm-hmm. in case you didn't get that. I know a guy. Oh, boy. To which uh, Noah replies that he already has plans tonight with someone. Pretty sure you know her. Now, he has insinuated before on Twitter that he's dating Mrs. Mrs. Met. yeah. That Noah Syndergaard is. Right. To which Mr. Met wrote back, I do know her. Please tell your mom I say hi. <laughs> Bam. Now, that's that little below the belt, is it not? Yeah, I like that, though. And then was it Syndergaard? Was he posting a picture of his mom in high school or something after that? See, he posted a GIF, and I, I'm like, I don't know. That, that, Mr. What Met, does that mean, a GIF? A GIF? That's like a little video. That, yeah, no, what, what does it stand oh, for? Well, I'm not sure. Right, exactly. But I think Mr. Met won that battle. He did a your mom's joke yeah, pretty you, much. You do your mom's joke. I think it's hitting below the belt. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Mr. Met what? Stay away from the mom's joke. That one goes to Mr. Met. And you're Mr. Met. You're a fat baseball. Shut up. Right. Exactly. Now, um, I wonder who runs that Mr. Met Twitter account. Is it the guy, the guy in, the in the Mr. Met outfit? <laughs> or is it there a Mr. Met at the Mets, and then there's the guy who puts the big head I don't on. know. If it's the guy that's uh, in the outfit, if I was Mr. Met, I'd be looking over my shoulder. You might get clocked in the face by Mr. Syndergaard. Yeah, what's he eating now? Bowl of doom. Ball of doom. Yeah. He might make uh, Mr. Met his ball of doom. You get hit with that. Now I'm reading also that uh, uh, David Wright, they say they have no plans in spring for him to work at first base. Not yet, yes. But that if they wanted him to, he could learn first. Here's Terry Collins yesterday. He was asked uh, numerous questions about David Wright, and rightly so, and David spoke yesterday. Here was Collins on Wright possibly playing first base and how they'll go about it this spring. We will. We can determine he's one of those kind of guys, if we decide he needs to go move to get some ground balls at first base, that stuff can be done late in spring training. He's such a good athlete, he'll 
he'll catch on to that easy. But they're not going to do that right at the start. It's more a matter of him taking ground balls at third base, getting his swings in, and kind of getting back into the flow, having missed so much time. I imagine the training to learn first base goes something like this. When the ball's hit in the infield, you keep one foot on first, and they're going to throw it to you. I mean, you are such a simplistic bastard. Like, hmm. you, you and Craig, you, you make it seem so simple. You really do. What do you do on a bunt play? Let me ask you that. Now, that was good, but your foot wasn't what on the bag. What do you do first on a bunt thir- play? First and charge. third. I charge. No. Actually, you don't all the time charge. You don't. Sometimes the pitcher has your side of the field. The third baseman charges. You stay back. It's not as simple as you make it out to be. It's well, just I'm sure not. they have that figured out already. Well, not if you've never played it before. He's coming from a different angle at third base. These are little things he's got to learn. I'd be like this. It's just like third base, but on oh, the other side of the field. What do you do on, a, on, a, on an extra base hit and the guy's rounding third and the ball's in the right field corner as a first baseman? Do you stand there and just watch, or are you a cutoff man? Oh, I would or say. Are you a secondary cutoff man with the second baseman out in the outfield? Probably Your thoughts, a, Al? Probably got to back somebody up. I'd be like, Let me, I'll back someone up. You make it seem so simple. You really do. I mean, now you got to scoop balls from the uh, shortstop. And this. Think about Estrubal Cabrera, what a good first baseman can do. We talked about James Loney. Didn't hit all that well yes, last year, but saved a lot of errors with his fielding at first base. Here's the one tough part, I bet, playing first. Trying to lob that ball to the pitcher when, go. when he's co- when he has to cover the bag and you have to time This, by the way, coming from a floater. guy who's got a mental block on throwing a softball <laughs> to wounded warriors. That's true. I yes, could not pitch to the wounded warriors. I did hit them in there. And then you went on legs. a walkathon to where Boomer pulled you off the mound because you couldn't pitch a softball. Yeah, and here's the other thing, though. When they have out of shape uh, guys on softball teams, where do they put them? First base. Oh, when guys are should be retiring but still are hanging on, catch they go first base. If there's no DH where they put guys that are at the end you, of their career. You guys are so insulting to great first basemen. I would like you to have Keith Hernandez in studio and tell him well, and mock the position of first base to his face. Or Don Mattingly, for that matter. Why don't you mock them? Hmm? Well, those guys were hmm? exceptions. Tino Martinez, mock him. Hmm. You won't, will you? I would not mock them. I mentioned Don Mattingly. We have a story about him when we come back. And Boomer and Carton at the top of the hour on the fan. It's the Boomer and Carton warm-up show with Alan Jerry. It's the shortest show on WFAN. All right, and following us will be Boomer and Carton at the top of the hour. Just quickly, uh, you got the Knicks at Oklahoma City tonight. You got the Oakley stuff that uh, Alan and I discussed already. Cavaliers did beat the T-Wolves last night. The story there, Kevin Love out six weeks. Had arthroscopic knee surgery. Nets home for the Bucks. Uh, later tonight, a couple of other quickies. Don Mattingly lifting the facial hair ban with the Marlins. Now, last year, the Marlins had to be clean shaven and everything. The one caveat to this is it's got to be groomed nicely. No out-of-control facial hair. You can't have that scraggly, you know, mess on your face. So there you go. Now, what's the deal? Like, if I'm a uh, an accountant somewhere, like I'm a random accountant, does my boss have the right to tell me I can't wear a beard? Uh, I don't know the answer to that. I would think if it's a private company, yeah. you get the ground rules before you accept the job, no? But if I show up in a beard, they can call me to HR and go, you got to get rid of the beard? If you, I would think if you signed on for something like that, it's like anything. You know, if you show up late to work seven times in a row, right, but that you broke affects, the rules. That affects your job, but if I'm just having an unruly beard... If you signed on and one of the rules was no facial hair, 
I would think that they would have the right to do that. Yeah, I don't know, though. I don't know the answer to that. It now, seems kind of silly to me. Now, why would Don Mattingly do that? He always uh, sported a mustache. I don't know. I have no idea. But he's been clean-shaven with the Marlins as their manager. Did the Yankees? He had a mustache with the Yankees, he did. right? Yeah, he did. So the Yankees allowed a mustache, just not beards. Beards, correct. Beards, yes. Unruly beards. This one, I saw this yesterday, and I thought of you immediately. Oh, good. And I honestly, I've never heard of this guy, Brian Flynn, uh, Royals reliever. Although he had a good ERA last year. I don't know how much he pitched, but a 2.6 ERA. So he falls through the roof of a barn, and he broke a rib and a couple of other is issues. Is that a new he, report or an old report? This is a new, new report, as a matter of fact. The new, it was maybe old because it happened. We found it yesterday, so, but it's new for us. And you thought of me because I don't want athletes doing anything. And like, why guy, is that guy going on the roof of a barn? Right. Well, it was his barn. Oh. And I think he was fixing the roof. And so he was up there, and, well, there was a soft spot, and he fell through it, and he fell that's why I, broke a rib. That's why I live in a condo, Jerry. I'm not allowed on the roof. <laughs> And I wouldn't do any yard. I have no yard work. You also work. have no capability to do anything. Well, neither does this guy. He fell through well, a no, barn Well, no, he roof. has the capability. He fell through a roof. It's like when you go, do you have an attic in your home? Yes. When you go up in the attic, you have to be very careful of you or you will step through your ceiling. Yes. When I was uh, 11 or 12, my foot went through the ceiling. How'd that go uh, to Pops? Uh, not well. <laughs> what are you doing up there? Well, I missed the beam and my foot went through the sheetrock. Right. That's what this guy did, but he fell through a barn. But he fell through the barn. So he's going to be out six, seven, maybe even eight weeks. Fell on a and cow. That sucks for him. But again, you want these guys in a bubble. Yes. I say the hell with that. Let them enjoy themselves. Just whatever happens, happens. If I was that guy on the Royals, I'd be like, I need to pay a guy to go on the roof of my barn. Why am I going up there? That's another discussion for another time. If you have when? that kind of money, why are you doing that yourself? That's fair. Yeah, when? When is but, the right time I, for that discussion? When would you guys have that discussion? <laughs> probably next Probably, week. Probably never, or in a podcast that no <laughs> one's listening to. <laughs> Boomer and Carton coming up right now on The Fan. Ye-